0: How you guys doing? All right, that's okay. Well, hey, welcome to The Remnant. My name's Todd. I'm the pastor here. Um, Hope you guys feel welcomed. I'll say that many times. If you didn't, let me know. Heads will roll. Just kidding. I do hope you guys feel welcome. So I want to talk to you guys. I don't know about you, but lately I have felt at times overwhelmed with what's going on in the world, right? Now, even the tough guys in the room, I know you've had those moments, right? it is overwhelming sometimes. How many of you felt that way? If you're honest, not implying that you're not, yeah. The rest of you just don't raise your hand, that's fine, yeah. It's, uh, it's overwhelming, it's overwhelming. There's anger and hate and wars and lies and protests and riots, and confusion, there's a virus, there's masks, do we wear masks, do we not wear masks? Mandated masks, systematic racism, fascism, socialism, patriots, traitors, politics, elections. Cancel church, should we have church, disobey laws, obey laws. What can we say? What can't we say? What will offend this person? What will offend, what won't offend this person? It is so crazy and confusing. And as Christians, if you're a Christian in the room, I've heard this so many times, in all the noise, it can be hard to know how we're supposed to respond, Right? The Bible doesn't talk about masks, right? The Bible doesn't talk about a virus that, that is, is hurting people and making people sick, you know, and whether we should, uh, what should we should do, it doesn't talk about that. How do we respond to the things that aren't specifically in the Bible? And even terms that we all seem to agree on, which is Christians are to love. Now there's division in the church on what love is. Love means giving you what you want. No, love means telling you the truth. Well, not, not, not if the truth offends you. Well, what offends you? What doesn't offend you? How do I know? It's exhausting. And it's scary. And here's the thing. I've had so many dear friends, some in this room, some not, who even talking about it, they've said all of a sudden I know where and I'm so thankful for their honesty. He's like, I, this makes me anxious. And so I've also had people, I wonder how many of you have heard this question. You don't have to raise your hand, but is Todd, do you think this is the end times as Christians? Do I think this is the end times? I hear that all the time. And I typically don't answer. I bet if you've asked this question, you're like, now that I think about it, he didn't give me an answer, because I don't know. And the reality is, it doesn't change anything for me. Because the Bible over and over talks about living as though the time is nigh. That's an old word for near. That he could come back any time. So I want to talk about a second. So I'm going to read you a section of scripture before we even get into anything that I think is, is so interesting for the times that we're in. Now Jesus is talking, Jesus himself, Uh, It'll be, if you want to start looking out, it's in John chapter 21, 10 through 19. Now, we're not going to focus on the end times today. That's not the point of what I want to say. But I want to read all of it to you because I want you to feel how scary, right? Maybe this isn't the section. We're in trouble. It's probably Luke. Try Luke 21. This is classic me. Well, anyway, I will read you a verse. We'll have it up there later for you. All right. Then he told them, "'Nation will be raised up against nation "'and kingdom against kingdom. "'There will be violent earthquakes and famines "'and plagues in various places, "'and there will be terrifying sights "'and great signs from heaven. "'But before all these things, "'they will lay their hands on you and persecute you. "'They will hand you over to the synagogues and prisons, "'and you will be brought before kings and governors "'because of my name. "'It will lead to an opportunity for you to witness.'" Therefore, make up your minds not to prepare your defense ahead of time, for I will give you such words and a wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will even be betrayed by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. They will kill some of you. You will be hated by everyone because of my name, but not a hair of your head will be lost. By your endurance, gain your lives. What an interesting end, by the way. Some of you will kill some of you, but you won't lose a hair in your head. What does he mean? Because Jesus understands that life is not what we just live here. Guys, there's gonna come a time in your life, this is an aside, I don't care how old you are, when you gotta face the reality that this part of life is very short. Whether you're 20, I bet you can go, man, it seems like I was 12 yesterday, or whether you're 80 or 90 and you realize you were 20 the, the, yesterday, the reality is life is is short. See, God... Jesus saw things eternally. No one is going to take you from his hand, right? This is temporary. Anyway, I want to focus on verse 13. It says, In the midst of this insanity where craziness is happening, and I'm not saying that's these times, but can we agree that the times he described are terrifying? Should I read it again, so yes, I feel like you don't think it's scary. Violent earthquakes, famines, plagues, people are starving, there'll be disease. Oof. Uh, there will be terrifying sights and great signs from heaven. They will lay hands on you, they'll hit you, They will persecute you. They will put you in jail and prison. You'll be brought before kings and governors just because of my name. You're a Christian, you're going to jail. A lot of stuff's going to happen. This, whatever he describes, and he says it weirdly, this verse, it will lead to an opportunity for you to witness. Ooh, there it is for me. I got the goosebumps. That's the Holy Spirit stuff. That's where Jesus, to me, throws in the curveball. It will lead to an opportunity for you to witness. In the midst of this craziness, When the world would look at us as Christians, even all humans, right? And say, this is a horrible time. It is a terrifying time. It is a scary time. The time we're living in feels that way, doesn't it? It is an unsure time. It is uh, chaotic. It is crazy. Where everyone is saying that, God says, here's an opportunity. This is an opportunity. In the midst of the craziness we will have an opportunity to what? In the midst of the brokenness, the craziness, the chaos, in the midst of the crazy is an opportunity for us to what? To witness what is witnessing. It is to show people who we are, to tell people who he is, to change lives, bring hope, be be light. That does what? Points people to Jesus. Because again, guys... God does care about you here and now. He does. Okay, and don't let anyone fool you that he doesn't. That it's not just, hope in Christianity is like, okay, everything's terrible and sucks, and then we die. And then it's all good. No, but, but, if you had to choose a hundred years of great for an eternity of misery, would you be willing to trade that? I would rather take the eternity. In the midst of this, he gives us and opportunity. That verse, guys, whether it speaks to you or not speaks to me, that is crazy. And that's what Jesus does, doesn't he? he God always takes misery and brokenness and situations that seem bad and he says, I'm going to make this good. Right? He even says in Romans, this is conf- he says, I will work out all things for the good of those who believe according to what? His purposes. Some of you in this room are like, I don't believe it, because life right now, you're focused on all the negative. Are you breathing? Are you taking a breath? So today, I want to talk about, in the midst of this chaos, that we might have an opportunity. Even now, in the midst of the crazy of our world, put aside whether it's the end times, it doesn't matter. Paul repeatedly reminds us, and so does Jesus, to live as though it's tomorrow, now, in a moment. We are to live that way. It shouldn't take a virus or a pandemic or a broken world for us to understand and live in light of eternity. But this can wake us up to an opportunity. Because let me tell you something before we go on. Of course he'll give you an opportunity. Do you know that you've already won? Do you understand that regardless of what happens on this earth, that you know the end of the story? If you put your faith in Jesus, you already know the end of the story. And you win. Because he wins. So today I want to, I got a list for you. I know you guys love lists. Note takers, you love lists. Yeah, yeah, amen back there to the list of all the things he amen today. That's good. <laughs> Listen, so today we're going to talk about being confident in the crazy. That's good. You like that? Alliteration. Being confident in the crazy. Oof, he went right at number one. We're going in. Number one, I want to read you a verse first. Each one I have a sec, a verse, a section. Now, keep in mind, each of the Gospels, we all know, if you didn't, I want to tell you, they tell the same story from a different angle. And before you go, that's different, Todd. No, it's not. It'd be like if me and Andy and Tim all came into the room and saw something happen and we wrote it down, it's going to be slightly different because we saw the view situation the same. In this section, Jesus is once again talking about a lot of the bad things that are coming. He tries to warn them, they're going to scatter you. They're going to attack you. There will come a time that they will hate you because they hated me. And I'm not even saying that's what's happening. It is, to a degree. But in the midst of all this chaos, in John 16, there's this incredible promise. Jesus himself says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, trials, trouble. But take heart, I love it, other versions say, be courageous. I have overcome the world. Now, this is another phrase I already know. You, I love you cradle the grave Christians. Right? You are blessed, but you also, you've got those Christian earmuffs on. You've heard it too many times, so I'm going to say it again for you. So you actually hear it. Listen, I have said these things to you what? Paraphrase. It's going to get rough. There's going to be times in this world that things are not good. It is bad, and it will be bad to follow me. He even goes farther to say that. Not only will it be bad, it will be worse for you if you follow me for a little while. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. Ooh, who would love some peace right now? Yeah, I would. Because in the world, you will have trouble in all of this. Brokenness, in the crazy, you will have tribulation. But take heart, be courageous, because I've overcome the world. Why is that good news for you? Because that same Jesus, if you put your faith in him, has promised that he will never let go of you. That no one will ever take you from his hand. That's incredible. What does that mean? That means a virus ain't taking you from his hand, okay? That means an army isn't taking you from his hand. That means rioters and protesters. That means uh, it means anything at all. Someone's hate, they're not taking you from his hand. That's not a political statement. That's just reality. So what do we do with that? Number one, being confident in the crazy is, listen, trust your God. Be courageous. I know, you're Christians, you know that, right? You know to trust God. So why would God remind you 500 times in the Bible, do not be afraid, trust me, because we have a tendency to forget. You have to trust God. Listen, trust isn't a feeling. Did you know that? Did you know trust is not a feeling? You want an example? Sure, Todd, I'll give you an example. If you are in an airplane and you're sane and about to jump out of it with a parachute on your back, you're not actually feeling like this is safe. You, you don't. You don't get out, look down, and go, this is a safe thing. But you do it, why? Because you've put trust in the parachute. Even if, it's not, even, a, even if it's a hope, right, and a prayer, you're trusting that the parachute will do what it's supposed to do. When you drive down the road going 60, you ever think about a car, how crazy it is what we do? We drive down the road 60, 70, 80, some of you 100 miles an hour this close to each other, and we're like, oh, I'll just stay in this imaginary line, everything will be fine, Right? And then you go, oh, there's a red light. And then you trust that when you push this this lever down, the car will stop. You trust it. It's not a feeling. It's an act. So when I say trust your God, you've got to choose to trust him. You've got to choose to act when it doesn't feel right, when it doesn't feel safe because you believe him. I think one of the hardest things sometimes, a lot of people probably think for me, if you're new, i love to tell you this, but I didn't grow up in a Christian home, meaning I, we, I wasn't church. I wasn't against Christianity, but I didn't grow up in a church home. So I very much remember what it is to not be a Christian. I remember what it is. My, my, one of the things I have trouble with, you believe it or not, I usually don't have a problem getting non-Christians, honestly. Mo- a lot of non-Christians that I speak to believe in some sort of God. I have, and they believe that this God can create things. They do. Christians are the ones I have the most trouble Getting to remember that God is real. I'm serious. Because you get indoctrinated so much that you, you tend to think it's all about the ups. Yeah, that's, a, that's ups. That's not a dance, right? That's you getting happy and all the good things that happen and, and all that's good and true. But you, you start to forget that He's still active in your life. Instead, you'll kind of go, Well, I've got this ministry and this program to meet my need. No, God still meets your needs. God is the God of the universe that spoke and light came. That spoke and he set the sun in the sky, right? And through the stars in the universe, this is God. And that God, the creator, that you have said you've put your faith in, if you're in the room and call yourself a Christian, you need to believe him because, listen, when you doubt him, you're doubting one of usually two things. You're doubting his power or you're doubting his willingness and his willingness is tied to his character, is God good? Then he'll keep his promise. Is God powerful enough to keep his promise? Yes or no? Thank you. Yeah, he is. If you say that, right? He is powerful enough to keep his promise. He is good enough to keep his promise. You have to trust it. Even when it doesn't feel that way. Why? So let's think of just some of the promises. He has overcome the world. There's a reminder. There's a comparison here between him and... In me, you will have peace. What does that mean? You're not literally inside of his body right now, are you? <laughs> you're not in a Jesus. You're not a Jesus puppet or something, right? No, but the Holy Spirit is, in, is a part of you. God is in you. It is sealed within you. And he said, I have overcome the world. You are with me. You are mine. We are co-heirs. So that means so have you. Overcome. I like that word because it implies a trial. It implies Something hard. you got to get over it, right? It doesn't mean life's easy. See, some of you got fooled when you were told about Christianity because they told you it would mean life is easier. No, it's not easier, but it's better. He's overcome the world. He says in the Gospels, one of my favorite sections in John, somewhere between John 12 and 16. I can't tell off the top of my head, but he says, I will never let go of you. (laughs) He tells the Father as he's praying, I will never lose one of these you've given to me. Even when I feel lost, even when it feels like I'm spinning in a world that's gone crazy, he says, no, I still have you. That's incredible. Remember the promises that I will work all things out for the good of those who believe. The promises in Romans, it says, you know, I consider that our present sufferings aren't worth comparing with the good things that are coming. That's good, right? He's coming back. He's going to fix it. He's going to get us through. Guys, I don't know what that looks like in the midst of this craziness. I don't. I'm not going to sit here and promise you I have any clue how this is all going to play out. I don't. All I know is this, is God is still God, and he's still in control. And if he is good, I have to believe it. Then he loves us, and he has a plan. And that regardless of what happens, that we have to have an eternal mindset. Do you think in heaven you're going to be thinking about all the bad things you went through in this life? Because you're not. You're not. So one, trust your God. He's overcome the world. He Remember the promises. He's still in control. And he's coming back. That's good news. There's a beautiful section that says in this, I didn't read it to you, but he goes farther in the same section. You can go read it yourself. And he says, all of these bad things are going to happen. He goes, but rejoice because your salvation is near. I'm coming soon. Ooh. It's like uh, Lion King, Mufasa, right? Jesus, right? He's coming back. And in that moment, all of the hurt, all of the brokenness, all the pain, all the tears, he says, I will wipe them away. How beautiful is that, that your father, God, cares enough about you to say, I will wipe your tears away, and there will not be any hurting or pain or death anymore. Because the old things have passed away. Behold, the new has come. Trust your God. Number two, this is my favorite one. Here it comes. I know it's coming. Flip the script. Flip the script. In a crazy world, be crazier. What do you mean? No, don't go rob a bank. Nothing like that. Listen to me. Be crazy and different. Be a Christian who stands. By the way, there is no radical Christian. It doesn't exist. There is Christians. There are Christians if you look like the world, then you're not following in that moment, period. Because it already says that. Follow me, right? The way is narrow. Follow me. So when I say be crazy, what I'm really saying is just be a Christian. Sold out 100%. Be crazy and different in a world. Because guess what crazy and different is? Crazy and different is being calm in the midst of a storm because you're like, I know who's got control of this. Being crazy and different is being unselfish when the world's running around taking all the toilet paper and it comes down to you to one other person and you say, go ahead and take it. Why would you do that? You remember the toilet paper fiasco of 2020, right? I'm serious. That's different. That's crazy. Telling people about Jesus. Guys, it is a sad time. I've, uh, this is one of those times, Tim, that I'm wrestling with to say things to offend people. Whatever, I'm going to do it. It is a sad time when I've heard over and over, do you want one of the things they say is different, and I'm not judging people. Please hear me, churches. I'm not judging, but I do think it's indicative. Oh, I've never heard a gospel presentation at your church, at my church. I haven't heard an altar call. What? (laughs) What are we doing here? Meaning, if you're not Christian, because I wouldn't have known what that meant either, it means telling people about Jesus. Being a crazy Christian that tells people about Jesus, not Using Mother Teresa's words, I've said it before, don't abuse them. No, I, uh, I, I, I preach the gospel and when necessary use words, which is never. No, you've got to say the things sometimes. You've got to say it. Yes, it's cool because the whole point of that is you serve in such a way that they come up and go, this is Mariah's first time me saying her name. Mariah, you're kind of crazy. Why are you crazy? And she says, oh, yeah, Jesus. Let me tell you about him. Be crazy. Be different. Flip the script. In a crazy world, say, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to be crazy. Be crazy and different. Listen, I want to give you a couple of verses. 1 Peter 2.9. This is, this is crazy. <laughs> but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession. Who do you think his is? Yeah, there you go. Nice, thanks, Ernie. Good job. His possession so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are what? You are a chosen race. You believe that, Tyler? That you're a royal priesthood. That you're a holy nation. That's what you are. That's crazy. You are set apart. Do you know the Bible says that? Then, in a crowd of a billion people that those that have put their faith in Jesus, he has elevated and said, not that they aren't, the rest aren't important, but you are my people. You are the priest to this world. That's an incredible thing. That's crazy. Be it. Be a chosen race. Live like it. Be a royal priesthood. Be a holy nation. Proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. Do it. That's crazy, guys. We have neutered the gospel because we've been afraid to tell people with our words about the one who called us out of darkness into light. It can't just be feel-good messages because feel-good messages don't save people's lives. They don't change people. They don't. Jesus changes people. He changes everything. Same thing, flip the script. That should help you, right? You get how it connects? I should have done that first. Mark 16, 15. Boy, I hope. There he goes. This is Jesus. Last time he's talking to us. He's raised from the dead. He's talking to them and you. your disciple, right? If You put your name in Jesus. He said, then he said to them. How about this? Then he said to you, go into the world and preach the gospel to the whole creation. I love this. Let me translate the gospel for you. Go into the world and preach the good news to the whole creation. Isn't it odd that you and I have been brainwashed to believe telling people the gospel is actually bad news? That it's judgmental. We do not want to tell anyone they're sinners. That's only a problem if you're acting like you're not one. I'm going to tell you right now if you think I'm special because I have a mic, I'm not. I'm a horrible person without Jesus. I am. But he saved me and he changed me and he's still changing me. And now I want to tell people because he changed me. That's flipping the script. That's in a crazy world doing something crazy. Guys, listen to me. Please don't let this be another sermon. Remnant people, if you're here for a one time visit, eh, I can't really stop you. The rest of you, listen. Don't let this just be that. Hear it. The church, right, has got to be the light in a world that is desperately looking for direction. People are scared to death. You take for granted what you have because even in the midst of the scariest moments, there's that part of you, that safe part of you, that goes, I'm okay. They don't have that. Picture that. Picture floating in in the midst of a tsunami without a life raft, okay? Imagine being in the ocean, not knowing if someone's coming. Be different. Be on mission. Do you hear me? Take the opportunity and be on mission well Todd I don't ever you know I'm all I am is a a a homemaker all I am is a teacher all I am is a mechanic all I am is this no no no. that is what you are right that's what you do not who you are who you are is what a royal priesthood (laughs) a chosen people and you are to be that in your world you have a mission I am so passionate about it I, I I'm I wish I'd been a Christian my whole life some of you are raising your children that way it's such a beautiful thing But I will tell you this the one positive is that I am so desperate for people to know because I remember what it was not to have Him, not to be saved, the hopelessness and the brokenness. Guys, I'm talking to you. There are people that you think are good people who don't know Jesus. I was one of them. I mean, I was a good guy. People didn't tell me because they thought I knew, I didn't know. I heard of Jesus. Yeah, he's the guy that's rich and drives a Subaru, right? But that's not the... (laughs) If you drive a Subaru, I love him. I'm not mocking him. I'm just saying. It wasn't the Jesus of the Bible. I didn't know him. And if someone hadn't taken me or given me an opportunity to hear someone tell me who he was and to tell me the danger that I was in, be on mission. Listen. Note see the opportunities. Can you put that back up so they can see that? There we go. Thank you. See the opportunities. He's doing like 12 things. See, be crazy and different. Be on mission and see the opportunities. You have opportunities. What are they? They're those moments that you walk away and go, ah. I feel like I was supposed to say something. Or the moments where you're in them and you're like, no, God. You argue and you ever do that? Hey, tell them, I don't want to do that. It's going to be awkward. Did I ask if it was awkward? I told you to do it, right? You know what I'm talking about do it maybe it's leaving that last roll of toilet paper i hope it doesn't happen again but let's say it does maybe it's leaving the toilet paper for that for that single mom maybe it's leaving the formula because you took 14 of them you got to make sure of yours how i got to take care of me and mine do you number three number three remember the big picture is there a number three okay it is up oh i'm blind Man, what a day. (laughs) Remember the big picture. Focus on the small things. Now that one's, this is going to, stay with me. Focus on the big picture. Big picture is, listen, this world's broken. We know that, right? There is a mess going on. Listen, it's okay to be aware. I'm not telling you not to stand up for your rights. I'm not telling you to fight for good things. I'm not telling you all that. But listen, at the end of the day, you're probably not going to talk Kim Jong-un into not you know, sending a missile out. That's not your job. There's no point worrying about it. If you don't know who that is, perfect. Don't even worry about it. Right? It's not you. You're probably not going to talk Putin into not doing that bad thing that he could possibly do or whatever you've been told. You're probably not going to actually physically speak to President Trump. or con- You're not going to do it. So what you need to do is focus on what you can control, and that's the things around you. I'm not saying don't speak up for truth. I'm very loud and opinionated. I'm all about speaking up for yourself. What I'm saying is remember the big picture, but make focus on the small things. What are the small things? Giving hope to people around you. What does that look like? It looks like, you know, like I said in Walmart, I keep using it for some reason today. That's, that seems so petty, but do you know how radical that is? No, you can have it. Why? Why would you give me that? It's loving the people around you. About the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28 is that if you translate it closer, it really is, you know, how you've all heard it, right? It says, go and make disciples of all nations. Did you know it actually translates? I love this. As you go. Because to Jesus it was, wherever you go, whatever you do, whether you're a, you're a candlestick maker or a, I was going to try to do the nursery room, I couldn't remember it, a carpenter, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a mom, a dad, a mechanic, it doesn't matter. In that circle, as you walk along, be light, be hope, and tell people about Jesus. There are people you're going to run into in your life, that are in your life right now, that you can impact and talk to that I can't. That, and, and what do I say, Todd? Tell them your story and God's story and where they collided. It's not up to you. What if they get mad? What if they do? If somebody's walking off a cliff would you, and you said, don't do that, it's going to hurt you, would you worry about if they got offended? Not unless you're cruel. You tell them and then go, well, it's up to you now. Focus on the things that you control. Listen, guys, we all have the same mission, but we have different areas to carry it out. So, you know, I'm looking around today and I see, I know guys that are in business, okay i see i know people that work in fast food i know stay at home moms i know insurance agents i know people that that work you know for plumbing companies i know people that work as in big time maintenance positions i know people that uh, all of these kinds of things and in every one of those things you have an assignment we all have the same mission But you have an assignment, and you need to be faithful to that assignment. Quit worrying about it. Sometimes we're so overwhelmed with all the craziness around us, we're missing the small opportunities to bring hope to people that need it. Love God. Let me simplify it for you. Love God and love people. That's it. Focus on those two things. It's okay. Not all of you in this room are fighters. You're not. You're not the people that are probably going to be up, you know, standing up and loudly proclaiming and standing for truth and all that. That's not you. That's okay. You might be the pers- person in the corner ministering to the quiet people that are hurting and scared, that get scared by the loud people, right? You need both. The kingdom needs both. The world needs the hope you have in Christ Jesus. That's it. It's, it's crazy to me. That wasn't even intentional. It's crazy to me how in the midst of all of these big things, we start asking, well, how does a Christian respond to a mask mandate, right? How does a Christian respond to this? How You know, all of these other things that we can lose sight of the things we do know to do. Do you understand that? How about if you don't know what to do in a certain situation, you pray about it, and in the meantime, you do the things you do know to do, to be kind, to be merciful, to be loving. You don't need a special sign to love people. This week, have you, let me, and this goes to me too, so I'm, I'm challenging myself. Let me ask you the truth. How many times this week, you don't need to say it out loud, how many times this week do you think you actually brought hope to someone or something in this world? Or did you just add to the terror? Did you bring hope to anyone? Did you love anyone? Did you tell anyone about Jesus? Did you even, bottom line, invite someone to church, right? Guys, I'm not going to sit here and tell you there's times. I was driving in my car last week. It was like 11 o'clock at night, and I had this moment at the stoplight. I can still remember. I was like, what the heck is going on? What is going on? on?" (laughs) It seems like everything's happening at once, doesn't it? And then you start, if you're like me, you're like, mm, what are they really trying to do? You ever do that? Of course I do. And they may, be, listen, there's evil in this world. That's reality. But then I realize that sometimes I focus so much on figuring it out that I'm missing opportunities. Are you looking for the opportunities? We need to be church, we need to be looking for opportunities. You don't need to think or pray about telling people about Jesus. You just got to do it. I had a person, I told a person in youth one time, I was like, hey, you should come here with your church and tell all of my teens, I worked with teens who don't know Jesus about Jesus, and they said, well, we'll pray about it. What are you talking about? You'll pray about it? (laughs) Like he's going to change his mind? No, not those kids. What's the area in your life that you need to be, I don't know. Doing the small things. So, be, being confident in the crazy. And I'm, I mean it. It may sound, try these three things if you're overwhelmed and see if it helps. One, trust God. Remember that means to choose. Trust God. Trust your God. Choose to trust Him and act out of that trust. Number two, flip the script. In a world that's crazy, be crazy. But for Him and for the mission. And number three, even while you remember the big picture, focus on the small things. Listen guys, she's going to come play some music. Things feel scary. When you walk out of here... We're back in that world. Things feel scary. Things feel dark. Things feel crazy. I can't imagine some of you parents, and I mean this with little kids, and you're going, what, am I, what, what are my babies going to do? That's scary. I know this. I feel it too. I know it's hard. I know it can seem overwhelming. But I also know that Jesus promised to be with us till the very end of the age. Did you know that? It's the last thing he said. Go and preach the good news to all the nations, right? And remember, I love that. He says it. Remember, because we tend to forget, I'm with you to the very end of the age. Now, I know that sounds Christianese, but take a second. I'm going to give you 10 seconds here. I am. Silence. I want you to imagine and let yourself feel if you knew for a fact Jesus right now is with you and is with you throughout your day in the midst of this chaos. The same Jesus that looked at Peter and said, follow me, is still looking at you and saying, follow me. What would that be like? God is taking care of the big picture. Are we and are you willing to do your part in the midst of the crazy? Are you willing to be so confident and so wild for the Lord and so different that people can't help but look at you in the midst of the chaos as you stand on a firm foundation and say, Why? What is different about you? Are you willing to love your Christian brothers and sisters in such a radical way that they say, What? Jesus said that. Did you know? He didn't say they'll know you by how many ministries you're a part of or what you lead or how much money you give. He says, They will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. We take comfort in his promises we walk in confidence in the power we've been given in the holy spirit you've been empowered to love radically overcome mightily and shine brightly even when the world feels crazy sometimes i wonder how many miracles we prevent because of our unwillingness to step If Moses hadn't stood before a, a, a raging sea and, you know, and said, I trust you, God, and do something, we'd have never had the Red Sea split, we wouldn't have that story. If a 14-year-old boy hadn't stood before a giant and said, I'm going to do what God's told me to do, I'm going to throw a rock at him, we wouldn't have David and Goliath. And if Peter had just stayed in that boat in the middle of the storm when Jesus was calling him to step out, we wouldn't know anything about a man walking on water. I still believe that is our God. And I still believe he's in the miracle-making business, and I still believe that he's willing to do incredible things through his church because that's the vehicle by which he has chosen to show himself to a broken and dying world. Will you be a royal priesthood? Will you be a chosen nation? Will you stand out even when it has a cost? Are you willing to crazily to be crazy and trusting God in the midst of all this? Are you willing to be crazy and tell people about Jesus even when it feels scary to do so? Are you willing to stand when the world says bow down? Are you willing to speak truth when the world says be quiet? Are you willing to love when the world says to hate? Love your enemies. Jesus said that. He said, anybody will love their friends. I tell you to love your enemies. Are you willing to love when the world says hate? You've already overcome all this, guys. I got the best news in the world for you. It's already over. We're just waiting. we get to live this beautiful life and have these moments, right, these glimpses of Eden, right, of heaven on this earth, that moment when you look at your baby or maybe you're going to get married or whatever else it is, you get these beautiful moments that he gives us to remind us of what's to come. have already overcome all of this. He said he'll wipe away every tear. Do you believe it? Are you willing to believe it when it doesn't feel true? Remember what he said from the beginning. God has said this. Remember, Jesus is God. He has said it in the Old Testament and the New. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. All the way to when Jesus himself said, remember, I am with you till the very end of the age. It's the same message. Be courageous. I will never leave you. Do not lose hope, my friends. I mean it. I know it's hard. Do not lose hope, but be crazy for your Lord crazy if you're in this room today and you don't know jesus and what do i mean by that you probably know who he is but you're like me you've never really done this christian thing i'm going to tell you the good news but it starts with bad news and the bad news is is that god created everything perfect and he said to you and to me to adam and eve our forefather and foremother he said listen you can enjoy all of this you will be my image bearers you will rule it my name you will enjoy it but let me be god and you not i'll tell you what right and wrong is that's the deal They rejected that just like you and I have rejected that. And because God is good and just and holy, he cannot be in relationship with something that is not good and holy and just. How do I know that? Simple analogy. Perfect white snowball, mud ball. Put them together. The snowball is not white anymore. He cannot. He will not. The Bible says that we stored wrath up for for ourselves, that our sin equals death, that we owe him. And it's a debt we can't pay. I know sin leads to death, guys, we are separated from God, even now. And on top of that, when we die, we will have to give account for everything we've done. What's everything? All the things you're ashamed of that come to your mind right now. He saw them. That's bad news. And you might say, well, I'm a pretty good person. Well, the Bible says that our best deeds are like filthy rags in comparison to the Lord's goodness. You can't earn it. You can't make up for it. That's the bad news. And it doesn't matter if you believe it. Things exist outside your belief. If you jump off this building and say, gravity doesn't exist, you know what's going to happen, don't you? No amount of disbelieving gravity is going to change its effect on you. Just the same as God. You don't get to make the rules. See, that's what the world thinks. They think somehow that their thoughts become reality. I believe it doesn't happen. I don't believe in that. So what? I bet you believe in fire, right? I bet you believe in gravity, It's the same thing. So, listen, here's the good news. Did you know God never gave up on you? That even now, I bet you, some of you in this room have heard the gospel message probably ten times. And you've walked away, and you're like, here I go again. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, here I go again, reaching out to you, Jesus. So what was Jesus? Jesus Christ was God made man. He came down. When we couldn't go to him, he came to us. He told us how it was in the kingdom, how to live, and he did the most incredible thing. He not only told us how to live, he empowered us to do so. He gave us a way to go home. He bridged the gap between us and God. He took the punishment that was reserved for you and me. God did that. I, I know, it's crazy. And on the third day, Jesus of Nazareth rose from the dead. Well, that sounds ridiculous. It is, but it's true. Tons of witnesses, 500 witnesses attest to it. And the Bible says this, that to be saved, to be whole, to be with God again, to know that when the end comes that you'll be with Jesus and not against him, that all you have to do is put your faith in him. But in order to put your faith in him it means you gotta, you gotta turn away from yourself. What do I mean by that? It means looking to God and saying I know that I've messed up I know I've sinned I know that on my own it hasn't gone well I'm sorry forgive me the Bible tells us that's it Todd I I don't have to clean up my addictions first no the Bible says in, in Romans it says confess with your lips and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and was raised from the dead and you will be saved give it up give up trying to save yourself and let him do it we're gonna have people up here that are willing to pray for you if you're a believer in the room that's struggling with hope and fear and anxiety and you just need prayer they're here to pray with you why would you do that Todd that's weird can I pray myself yes the Bible says to pray for each other and this way you'll be healed did you know that weird I'm serious there's power in that there's beauty in that maybe you're, you're struggling with a sin issue and you know it and, you've, and it's been eaten away at you and it makes you feel condemned you're not to live that way you're free these people will not judge you they're here to pray for you and maybe you're in this room and you right now there's a voice saying oh, that's me I'm scared, I want Jesus, that's me. Guys, I was you, I was you. And I'm gonna say to you what someone said to me, you don't have to be afraid. I know you think it's gonna look silly, but these people won't remember that tomorrow, but you will because you'll be changed. They can pray with you, pray for you. Whatever you do today, do not leave the same as you came in because if you do, you're choosing to.